excited about being in church today. Do you know, I'm actually excited about being alive today. Not just alive today as in Sunday, the whatever it is, the date, 10th, not just being alive today, but being alive in this era. Do you know there's more Christians alive today than there ever have been in any point in history? Right now that makes sense because there's more people alive today than there were at any point in history. Uh, but you know, um, God's moving across our world in ways He never has before. He's God's moving in the Muslim world. You know, uh, Indonesia is the largest Muslim country in the world, but it's 30% Christian as well. It's actually, a, there's a huge number of, uh, there's a massive movement of Christianity, of, of Jesus working throughout that, na- that nation. They say that what, is, what was communist China is transitioning so massively. And part of the reason China's changing uh, is because there's huge numbers of Christians, 35 to 40%, depending on how you count it, of people who believe in Jesus, believe for His grace in their world, are uh, in these massive countries around the world. How many you know that God is moving in a way we've never ever seen before. I'm excited to be alive today. I'm excited to be a Christian today. It's a great time to be alive. Do you know, I'm also excited. I think it's a great time to be part of Equippers Church. God's working in Equippers Church in just an awesome, awesome way. Do you know, in the Tongan Parliament, obviously this is before the, the King dissolved the Parliament recently, but in the Tongan Parliament this year, there was a debate around education and the health minister stood up. And his children are at Axe Community School, which is a school funded by Equippers Churches, established by Equippers Church in Tonga. Half the staff are just Equippers people from all around the world, and the other half the staff are Equippers people from Tonga, right? All of the books in that school are from uh, are from schools in New Zealand. When that when uh, there's a bunch of different schools in New Zealand where. The, the principal goes to Equippers Church and whenever they're, they're, clear, they're doing a library change around or they're getting new readers, getting rid of old ones or they're changing curriculum, they box it all up and they send it over to Tonga. So all of that whole school's resourced out of New Zealand and all around the world. Actually, there's teachers from uh, England, there's teachers from Equippers around the world who go and teach there for a year at a time, two years at a time to make it a great school, right? The health minister's kids are some of the kids in that school, right? He stood up and in parliament he said, why are we standing here? Why are we all talking about how to do education? Some one of us just needs to go down to that school because that's the future of education in our nation. How many of you know that is making a measurable impact on the culture of a nation? Amen? It's a great time to be part of Equippers Church. My favorite, my favorite story at the moment is Equippers Rome or Roma. Equippers Roma. Do you know, Equippers Rome, hasn't, they haven't yet launched their Sunday services, right? But they already have a church plant happening in um, Napoli as well, or you would know it as Naples, right? And Pastor R- Roberto was at Shout, he's from Naples, and he was having a great time at Shout Conference. He was having the best time ever. He didn't speak a word of English, right? And his friends who did, his Italian friends who did speak English couldn't really be bothered translating much, right? And they said, he's having a good time. It's about the Spirit. It's about the Holy Spirit. But he's pumped about seeing Equippers Church established in Naples, right? And there's another guy, Pastor Luca, who's shifting from uh, Genoa to um, Florence, and he's going to be establishing a Christmas church in Florence, right? This is all before we've actually launched our public services in Rome, right? And already the church in Rome, Equipus Church Rome, is the largest Pentecostal church in the history of Rome. They have 240 people attending uh, uh, their gatherings. Oh, that's the biggest one they've had. It's the largest Pentecostal church in the history of Rome. The only bigger churches in Rome are the ones that the Pope runs, right? Which is awesome. And I believe that because God's doing something new, right? So it's good. It's a great time to be part of Equippers Church. I reckon it's a great time to be part of Equippers Church Wellington. You know, we're about to see some of the things happen that we're already seeing, some of the things happen that we've been praying for for a long, long time. I love what Johnny said about uh, our youth ministry, that there's actually kids from five different high schools represented in that space. Uh, and there's people who uh, have been invited to those Friday nights who are already inviting their friends, even though they're not yet Christians. They're bringing other people along. Well, I reckon that's an exciting, exciting thing, right? Because that's how God moves. God doesn't move through organizational structures. He just moves through people from heart to heart. Amen? Uh, Sarah and Luca, you guys can probably take a break. Could be a lot. You guys are going to get sore fingers. Yeah. Why don't you give the musicians, the creative team a hand? Thank you, guys. Uh, Sarah August and Luca and others met with the Wellington Business Association, who are the people wanting to fund 
that's right, fund our permanent, well, sort of semi-permanent, but our every single weekend, a space on Courtney Place, which is for harm prevention, right? Uh, yeah, wow, right? And I just think it's amazing that as we gave last year to really release Sarah to focus in in that, uh, that actually we've got doors opening in all of the halls of residence on every campus uh, and on the actually on Courtney Place in the party zone and at every event that VUSA run, they actually want us to be there helping look after people, connecting with people and ultimately helping people find the love of God for their life and the purpose of God in their life, right? I'm excited about that. And I just reckon this morning, as we've already given, I know that that money that we've given, and more particularly that our joining of hearts and our faith together is actually going to see something phenomenal happen in Wellington City. I just believe it. You know, actually, I'm convinced of it. Do you know, it's, it's the thing in my life, it's, been, it's the thing that's been part of my whole life since I was 11 years old. I've had this one question, what would New Zealand look like if everybody knew Jesus? What would, what would it look like? I was, we were driving in our car. We were shifting towns because mum and dad had given up their jobs. They, they, they'd sold their house so they had money to live on. And for 10 years, we lived on the equity from that house as a family. We just ate the house, which is good. It's good. If you pay your house off before you're 50, as my dad did, before you're, before you're 45, then you can live on it for 10 years, right? And then start investing again like he has and then provide houses for your grandchildren. He's an awesome man, right? But we were driving, we were shifting towns, and, we were, and it was the big, the day we were shifting, and I, I can remember it was late at night, because mum and dad always did things, they wait till the, everyone was asleep, then we'd drive, and they'd just drive all night, and um, everyone was asleep except me and dad, and I just had my head on the window of the car, you know, the glass is cold, on the, and, and it's really hot because you're squashed into all your brothers and sisters in the backseat of a Telstar, and, uh, and my, I just had my head on the glass, you know. Does anyone do that? Anyone did that when you're kidding? And he was just driving along. And I just said to Dad, because what we, Dad was doing was he was, organ, he was, he was like the organization, operations manager for this a mission, a mission thing that happened in New Zealand in, 19, in 1990, where actually 1,000 people volunteered a year, 1,500 people volunteered a year, and they broke up into teams of 10, and they just went town to town throughout the whole country. It's called Rise Up. And I just said to Dad, what would happen if everyone in New Zealand knew Jesus? Because that was the goal. Do you, know what is, do you know what? It's still the goal. That's the, that's the goal, that everyone finds Jesus. And do you know it's awesome that we found Jesus? Do you mean, but that's not, why, that's not what we're here for. We're not gathering together just because we found Jesus. We're not here just to enjoy His presence together. We're actually believing for everyone in Wellington to know Jesus, everyone in Palmerston North to know Jesus, right? And we've got eyes to see. I can, I can imagine what it's going to be like when that whole balcony is full of people praising God. Right when we when we don't use the curtains here, do you, know, do you know we need to fill this building up so that we can use those curtains to make the foyer look better. Uh, right. That'd be a good use for those curtains, right? Just to block out some yellow and green colours. Uh, but I, I can imagine what it looks like because I know that's what God's doing. God's wanting to touch and bless everybody. He's wanting to for everyone to experience God's love. And if, if everyone in Wellington is going to experience the love of God, every church in Wellington has to have a mindset for miracles. We have to have a mindset that's looking beyond. We have to have a faith mentality that looks beyond where we are now into the promises of God, into the eternal promises of God. And we need to do what the Hebrew fathers of faith did, and we need to welcome those in. We need to call those things in in our prayers. We need to call those things in. We need to live in a way that attracts the promises of God. We need to think in a way that attracts the plan and the purpose of God to what we're doing. Amen? Amen. Do you know, at Equipus Church, we actually believe some things, right? Our, our, our theological beliefs as a church are probably not different at all, even in their wording. Our theological, I know this for a fact, our theological beliefs are not, even in their wording, are not different at all from, from Life Point Church just down the road, the AOG Church, the Elam Church, our Rise Church. We've got these standard tenets of faith. In fact, we have an 11th tenet we've invented recently, which makes tenet not work anymore. So uh, our 11th is of faith, right? These are the things that we believe about God, that there's one God and Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, the creator of all things, right? That's the first one. We believe these things, right? But they're not different to anybody else. But, but as, a, as a family of church, you know, we know that the whole churches of God, all the churches are the church of Jesus in Wellington, right? That's the orchestra that Jesus is conducting. We're not the orchestra. We are the brass section, right? All right. And so we play in a different, we're playing different notes at different times that we're playing the one song, right? 
in our city. But in the brass section in Equipers Church, there's certain things that make the brass section the brass section. And we do believe, we believe in tithing. We're the sort of people who put our money where our mouth is. And we say, we're believing for God to do great things through our church. And so we're going to commit like we see the pattern through all of the saints of the Old Testament, all of the people in the New, all the people, all the heroes of the New Testament were tithing people. They would, when God blessed them, they'd take 10% and straight away give that back to God. That's how we do it, right? That's what we believe. It's part of being in the brass section. We believe in giving beyond our tithe, right? Because it's our giving beyond our tithe that engages faith and to the next level. Because the thing about faith is, faith doesn't work if it's just 10%. Because it's like, I give 10%. Right? So if you're, if you're going to go on a journey, you're going to walk from here to Palmerston North, right? The fact that you took a step one time is not going to get you there. Right, yeah, the, the journey in faith is taking steps. And as our life changes, as our circumstances change, keeping on saying, okay, how can I engage faith in my life? Because if, if we're not engaging faith in our life, really, truly, like if, if it's not visible, if it's not alive, if, if, if I can't see it, if, you can't, if I can't see faith in my own life, I, the next question I've got to ask myself is, is, do I have faith, right? And our whole, the whole deal here is all faith. The whole Jesus thing is all about faith. The whole heaven versus hell thing is all about faith. We are saved by faith. And if we don't have visible evidence of faith, we don't have faith is what James says. If I can't, James is saying, if, 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 when you read the book of James, James just says to me, he says, Jordan, if I can't see it, it doesn't exist, right? In terms of faith, if it's not something visible. That's why I love what John was saying. It's our faith together. It's our unity together. That is the miracle of miracle offering. Money's not a miracle, but unity is a miracle. How many people have ever led something, try to organize something, try to get people together with a plan, right? Um, the, money's not, the money's not the miracle. It's the unity that's the miracle, right? So we, be, we do believe in tithing. We believe in giving. Do you know, as a church, I actually believe in serving. You know, you know as a church, we don't, we don't, we don't uh, create spaces for people to volunteer uh, doing things like music and sitting up, packing down the guys who are serving on kids this morning. Uh, uh, Sam was his first day making the coffee this morning. So if you came for Prambini, you would have got a free coffee that Sam made. It was awesome. It was awesome. Right? We don't, we don't do that just because, man, it would be great to have coffee. Although, that is great. But actually, I reckon... Do you know, I reckon serving, serving in church, serving in the kingdom of God actually connects us to God in a way that nothing else will. It expands our heart, right? Do you believe me? If you believe me, you can say, I believe it. Yeah, that's right, Jordan. You can, you can say something along those lines, right? We believe in serving. We actually believe in fellowship. So church isn't something that we attend when we've got time. Do you mean like, like church is more like a family meal, right? So if my mum says, hey, we're doing family meal, right, nobody says back, I don't think I can make it, right? <laughs> no one said that, right? Because even though they'll get a jandle, right, they'll get a jandle somewhere, right? Right, because when, 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 when the families come together, it's not about what else, it's not about everything else that's on, right? Now, sometimes you can't make it, right, but... You, you, might, you, might be able to, you might say to mum, I can't make it to the family meal because, um, you know, I'm, I'm working late that day or whatever, right? But you don't say, oh, mum, I can't make it to the family meal because uh, I'm, I'm going to McDonald's, right? <laughs> you know, and, and as a church, we don't believe in going to church just when there's nothing else on. We actually prioritize it because this is part of who we are. This says, hey, we're gathering together. And you might not need to go to church, but someone needs you to be here. You might not have a need, but someone needs to, you to bring you, their need to church for them, right? You might not need a breakthrough in your marriage, but somebody else needs the encouragement of seeing you and your family at church, right? You might have solved problems and worked through issues, but someone needs to see someone at your stage of life and go, I could be that, right? Someone needs to see someone doing the same course at university and think, man, they're full of faith. I can be full of faith too. Because we believe in fellowship. We believe in being here Sundays. We believe in being part of a small group where we can actually ask each other real questions. Do you know, you would not believe the level of communication that happens in our small groups, the ones I'm in. The level of openness, transparency, the asking for help, the solutions that get found in conversation about real life, real problems, right? It's not spiritual. It's where, it's where spiritual meets reality. 
and we say, we, really, we believe this about God. What does that mean in my marriage? What does that mean in my journey, right? That we actually believe in it. I don't, I just, it's not just a good idea. I believe in it. I actually believe when I go to it, it's not about the breakfast and the conversation, but actually something of the intangible presence of God is at work when I serve, when I give, when I fellowship. Do you get what I mean? So it's beyond the human level. At a human level, volunteering is good for you. But in church, what we're talking about in the kingdom, when we engage faith, something miraculous happens. So when we do our serving and our giving and our fellowship, right? We're not doing it with a misery mindset. We're doing it with a miracle mindset. We're not serving like because it has to be done. We're serving because as I serve, as I pray, as I reach out for my something miraculous is going to take place. Here's an example for you is this. Okay, how hard is it? Oh, gosh. How hard is it? My left hip's not the right one to jump on. So how hard is it to, for a miracle of healing to happen? Well, this is how Jesus healed people. Watch. Right? And then a miracle happens. But what did he do? How did he raise people from there? He said things like, little girl, get up. Right? So the doing is not the issue. It's not the doing. It's the miracle mindset. It's the faith understanding. And we, I'm going I'm to tell you this. We're always going to be doing Life's all about doing. If we're alive, we're doing something, right? We're doing and doing and doing. But if we can engage a miracle mindset, we have first of all avoid the misery mindset and we start to see God move. Why is God moving on the campus? It's because Sarah August is approaching that campus with a miracle mindset. She might not want you, me to tell you this, but she's changed her university program around so that she'll be at university for at least a year longer than she would have been. Why? Because she wants to pay more fees and have a bigger student loan? No, she's recognized the longer she can be there, the bigger impact that she can have. Now, every other student can, every other student's going to be at university doing assignments, going to lectures, but she's there with a miracle mindset. What are you, what's your life? Because you've got to do your life, but are you doing it with a miracle mindset or are you doing it with a misery mindset? Are you with me? Some of you looking confused and nervous. Should we read the Bible? That way you can relax and think, oh, okay, it might be real. We believe in tithing. We believe in giving. We believe in serving. We don't just do these things. We believe in them. There's a miracle that happens when we do this. We believe in fellowship. We believe in mission. We believe in it. I believe that we're going to see a, a greater impact in high schools. I believe we can see a greater impact in families. I, you know, I reckon I believe, this is what I believe. I believe that every family home in Equippers has become, become a mission station for the kingdom. That's what I believe. I believe God's going to help me reach the neighbors on the left of my house, the neighbors on the right. He's going to help me reach the neighbors across the road, and he's going to help me reach the neighbors over the back fence. Not by accident, but when I engage in my normal life, put the rubbish bin out, chat with the neighbors, park the car, all the stuff I'm doing, I'm not just going to do it with a misery mindset. I'm going to do it with a miracle mindset, and God's going to transform my suburb. Amen? Very, very good. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 25, and the amazing, oh, Justin, you've swapped out for Josh. Justin is on the desk there. He's got it there for us. This is what it says. Now, if you've read this, this is a parable, right? And I'm aware of the fact that there's some old people in the room, right? Um, and you will have read this. No, I don't want to name names, right? But you can see them. They're, they're identifiable, right? <laughs> right? Some of us, some of us have read this parable, this story of Jesus. We've read this so many times, right? But I want us to read it this time. Okay, let's allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us as we look at it. Amen? Do you get what I mean? Right? Let's, this is what it says. It says, again, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants, and he entrusted his money. He entrusted his money. Now, just brace yourself. I'm not talking about money today. The parable is not about money. The parable, this is a parable about the kingdom of God. The master entrusts to some of his servants his money while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last. Everyone say the last. And he divided it, check this out, in proportion 
to their abilities. He then left on his trip. Okay, so there's five, there's three servants. One's very able, one's averagely able, and one is least able, right? To the least able of his servants, he entrusts a bag of silver, right? Not 10 cent pieces, silver, not silver coins, right? From your money collection, a bag of silver. So I want you to get this picture. The least able servant in the story is given tremendous wealth, is entrusted with a huge amount, right? So get out, get away from the amounts because the amounts are only relative, only important in terms of proportion, right? So proportionally they were different, but to the least a treasure was given, right? Cool. According to abilities, the servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money, and he earned five more. Everyone say, "Wow!" He had five amounts of treasure. He invested them, and he doubled. Everyone say, "Double." He doubled. Right. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. So one invested and doubled. One went to work and doubled. Right. Verse eighteen. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. If we just pause there for a moment. All three of them went to work. Right? I want to suggest to you, if you live in most parts of Wellington, digging a hole is the hardest thing you could do out of this list of things, right? Right Now, I don't know about you. It took me 35 minutes to plant a lemon tree, which then died because I only dug a hole that deep. <laughs> right? Putty, now that's easy enough to believe for me, but my friend Putty Tai, he's a lot stronger than anybody in the world, right? <laughs> and he spent two days trying to plant four trees or five trees at his property, right? How many know that digging a hole is hard work? So it doesn't matter how you approach this, there's going to be hard work involved. It's not about how hard we're working. It's about a mindset of miracles rather than a mindset of misery. Thanks, Justin. After a long time, the master returned from his trip, and he called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant who he had entrusted five bags of silver, came forward with five bags more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest and I have earned five more. The master's full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. Now I'll give you many more responsibilities. In some translations of this parable, it says, now you can rule over 10 cities, Right? The servant who'd received two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I've earned two more. Look at that. You gave me two bags of silver to invest. If you go back to the start of the story, it just says the master gave them the silver. And they've simply assumed, the first two, that the master gave them the silver to invest. I wonder why you've got the treasures that you've got. What have you assumed about the promises of God? What are you assuming about the gift of God in your life? What are you assuming about salvation? God's given you this treasure. To the least of us, He's given an immeasurable treasure. What are we assuming He's given us that treasure for? For us to protect the treasure He's given us. But these two, in their miracle mindset, they assume that God's given them this thing so that they can invest it. To invest something is to put it in a position where it works for you. To leverage it. How, how many of us could get a mindset? I'm believing that we as a church could have a mindset to leverage faith for the kingdom. To leverage faith for miracles. We've all got faith. We've all got a saving faith. or We've all got access to a saving faith in Jesus Christ. But are we going to leverage that faith for miracles or are we going to bury it and protect our faith and just hope that when Jesus comes back, we've still got faith? Right? I've jumped into my whole sermon. Now we're supposed to still be reading this passage. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount. Now I'll give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Now we get to the climax of the passage. Then the servant with one bag of silver came and said, master, check this out. I knew 
I knew you were a harsh man. Misery mindset. I knew that you harvest crops that you didn't plant and you gather crops that you didn't cultivate. Is that true? Do you really get crops if you don't plant? What happens in your what happens in your lawn? Do you, does, does wheat just grow? Do you wake up one morning and it's like, wow, there's a whole row of tomato plants bursting with tomatoes, right? You know, I know in most parts of Karori, you know, people got a banana tree in the backyard or whatever, right? And it just happens to appear there, right? Now, one of the things we know about crops and farming, right? We've known this for about five or 10,000 years, is that the things we plant deliberately and look after purposefully, those are the things that we can cultivate and grow. But this person has a mindset that some people in the world just get, they just get it all for free. This person's got a misery mindset that God's harsh, the system that we operate in is harsh and unfair, and some people just got an unfair advantage. Some people are just getting something for nothing. Well, it's easy for you to say, Jordan, because you, get, so you, you harvest crops that you didn't plant. Do you know what? Can I tell you this? I've never harvested any crop that I haven't planted. Right? For how many you know that farming can be unlucky and lucky, but the basic rules remain the same? If you don't plant anything, you don't get anything. Right? You might still have a flood and a calamity and a fire or a bumper crop and things go really, really well, but you're not going to run the risk of things going really, really well if there's nothing in the ground. Right? Okay, very good. I was afraid. Everyone say afraid. You're more scared than you think you are. You're not scared inside the artificial world that you create, moving from your home to your workplace to your home to your workplace. Right? But if anything interrupts, right, when things interrupt your realities, how many know that that's frightening? Right, and because some of you are men, what what you don't you pretend not to be scared, and you instead of doing scared, you just do angry, right? But how many know that angry is a very thin veneer on scared little boy? Right, I'm really angry about crashing the car. No, you're just scared you're not going to be able to pay the bills, right? I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. But the master replied, "You are wicked." And lazy. Normally, normally we're in New Zealand, so we'd be like, man, this guy got a C, right? This guy got a C, he did okay, right? And in New Zealand, how many know that okay is what we're aiming for, right? <laughs> That's our ambition. Let's be okay, right? And let's do what we can to avoid brilliance, Right? But this terrible cuts, this is offensive to New Zealand. This is, a, this is supposed to offend you. Okay isn't good enough. Okay is wicked and it's lazy. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Put it somewhere. Do, do something. Do the minimum, right? And I could have gone somewhere. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with five, with ten bags. Again, this is not New Zealand. God is not a New Zealander. Jesus is not a New Zealander. To the wicked and lazy people who do not do anything with the faith that God gives them, God takes it from them and gives that to the person with great faith. Well, I just, want to, I just want to live a good Christian life. I just want to keep it together. I just want to follow Jesus quietly. Do you know what? If you just protect, you live a protective misery mindset around your faith, God will take your saving faith off you. That's what he does. He's ta I'm taking that thing I gave you off you, and I'm going to give it to someone who's going to leverage it for the kingdom to move forward. Ever had a dream that sort of died over time? Did it get taken from you, or did it just die? Okay, that's getting a bit harsh. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. There's an encouraging thought for us all this morning. Here's the question. 
it was here's the issue it, was, it had nothing to do with the amount of treasure that God gave to each of those people it only what what mattered was their mindset and their mentality right number one write this down if you're taking notes everyone has a bag of silver right out of these three servants there was nobody who got given nothing from God all of us have got this special treasure this unique something that God gives us this bag of gold, this bag of silver, this, in, this immeasurably valuable something that God gives us, the master gives us, and he's gone away on a long trip and he's given us something. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 says that long ago before God created the heavens and the earth, uh, even before he made the world, God loved us and he chose us in Christ to be holy and without, without fault in his eyes. Right? He's done this thing. He's given us this gift. He's drawn us into this place of salvation, right? He's given us this treasure, right? So number one, everyone has the bag of gold. Number two, everyone lives under the same expectation. All God is expecting from you is to double. All God wants for you is to expand to double. I like, I like the fact that the minimum expectation of heaven is that we double. God, God, God's, God's minimum expectations are around multiplication. I want to tell you, the reason God's not so into addition as He is into multiplication is that God is a relational God. And addition is, 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 a, is a linear approach, right? So, I, so, we can, we can, so for instance, let's say uh, the promise of God touches my life, and then I touch Tim's life. And then Tim touches Sarah's life, right? Then we got this, we can have this linear approach down there, right? Or God could touch uh, Anthony's life, and then Anthony could touch four people around him, and we'll touch four people around them, right? And then this, this, this flow out. And it's not because God doesn't like, uh, it's not because God's like uh, expansionist and domineering and dominating. It's that God it works through relationships and connection and interconnectedness, right? It's something to do with the nature of God that the expectation is that things would double, right? I love Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. You really need to read Ephesians 1, 2, and 3 to understand verse 20 of Ephesians 3, right? But Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 in the Amplified Bible says that God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we would ask, think, or imagine infinitely beyond our highest prayers, hopes, dreams, or desires, right? And, and we're just... And, and, and we're just plugging on. Hold on, Jack. Hold on, Jack. Sit down. I'll tell you. We've only just got started. We're just plugging on. Right? We just plug on. We just plug on in the dust, into the dirt. We just dig a hole and bury stuff. We just dig a hole. And we plug on and plug on and plug on, right? And there's a value in New Zealand. Come on, we've got this value of just toughing it out, right? But this parable cuts across that and says, come on, let's lift our eyes and invest. Let's lift our eyes and engage in the world around us rather than having head down digging, right? Let's believe that we can leverage the faith God's given us, the treasure God's given us, because God's expectation of Himself is that He's able to do much more than we can imagine. We're in the position where we won't even imagine. Why? Because we're stuck. Some of us are stuck. Most of us are stuck in somewhere in our life in a misery mindset rather than a miracle mindset. It doesn't take any more effort to believe for God to do something great, Right? So, for instance, next Sunday, I'm believing that we'll have more people in church. But I won't be doing anything more than I'm doing this week. We still sit up, same amount of work. Right? But all I'm going to do is that, that in my mindset, I'm believing for the, the conversations I have throughout the week to be the sort of things where doors are open and heaven can touch earth. Right, I'm believing I have more conversations like I had five weeks ago where someone came up to me when I was picking up Lucia and the, and the boys from school and just said, what's the name of the church that you pastor? I'd never talked to him about church before. Someone else had told him. And he said, oh, we're, come, I'm go, we're gonna come along. Why, why can't God do that every single day when I'm down in school picking up the kids? Why, why can't he do that? Well, he can do that and I'm gonna believe for that because God's able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than I can imagine. And I can imagine that because it's already happened, right? 
We so had a testimony this morning of someone's lab results coming back non-malignant. God can do things, right? It doesn't cost us anything to believe more. We're digging a hole anyway. Stop, let's stop digging a hole and engage faith for something bigger. Ephesians 3.20, God's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we'd ask, think, or imagine infinitely beyond our highest prayers, hopes, dreams, or desires, and here's the bit that matters. According to His power that's at work within us. The issue is this, is have we got God's power at work within us? Have we got a miracle mindset? You're gonna have, t- tomorrow, you're going to have to go to work. You're literally going to have to go to work. You're going to have to get the kids ready for school. You really are. You're going to have to do that. Right? In, in one sense, nothing will change tomorrow, but in another sense, everything can change tomorrow. Right, because this is a miracle Sunday. We're in the house of God. We're fellowshipping together. We're engaging with the Word of God for a transformation in our mindset that's going to transform everything. Okay, point number three out of my 10 points. Okay, it's not about, I'm going to finish here. That way I've got a whole other sermon saved up for another day. It's not about your abilities. When I was at Sunday school, we had this parable was taught to us. And it was taught to us, and part of the confusion is that a new King James Bible translates the bag of silver or the bag of gold. It gets translated as a talent, which wasn't a measure of money. But talent in English is also like, you know, I've got music. I've got I've got my girlfriend. Right? And so obviously I thought I've got to work on my dancing skills, which has reaped huge rewards. Right? Here's the, here's the problem. Because we read the parables, we read the Scripture, and we translate it into our culture. So Presbyterian work ethic, Jordan Smith, growing up with Don Smith, my dad, God given us abilities, and it's our job to maximize those. We've got to grow those abilities. Do you know what? I'm not any more able as a public speaker than I was when I was 13. Not really. A little bit more. But you know what can multiply year on year on year in my life is my ability to leverage the kingdom of heaven in faith. Right? I did great and hilarious speeches at my high school that had the whole high school rolling around laughing, right? The principal tears running down his face when I was 14 years old, right? I've been able to do this. I've just been able to do this because it's an ability that God's given me, right? Do you know my actual ability is to just find that space just over the line. It's not actually humor I do. It's just talking offensively. Right? And it worked in high school brilliantly. Right? But you know, through Revolution Tour, engaging faith and leveraging faith, same ability, talking, making people laugh, 2,000 teenagers in the room responding to Jesus for salvation. Right? So there's an expansion of the kingdom, but there's no change in my abilities. I'm still just Jordan Smith. I polished my abilities a little bit, but what's grown in me, the thing that's growing in me and the thing I'm desiring to grow beyond in me is an ability to say, oh, we're going to be here preaching. Why can't we believe for God to do miracles beyond what we're just saying? I've got to go to work and do work. I've got to, I've got to raise my family, but I'm not just going to raise my family and my abilities as a dad. I'm believing in faith to leverage kingdom realities into the lives of my children. Can you see the mindset shift? Can you see that difference? It's not about me working on my abilities. It's about me engaging faith in everything that I'm doing. Do you get what I'm saying? Okay, okay, okay. Now, it's not about external conditions. It's about our mindset. Do you believe that God's harsh? Do you know what? We do. (laughs) We think that God's harsh. Because if anthropology will teach us that we believe in a harsh God, somewhere in the human psyche is that God's harsh and punitive. But the God that Jesus introduced to us is not harsh. He's tough. He's brave. He's strong. He's fierce. But he's not harsh. He's full of grace, right? He's extending grace and mercy to us, right? God's not unfair. God is desiring to work in our world, right? If you're taking notes, write down this. Who, what, when, why, and how. This is the who, what, when, why, how of Equipus Church in Wellington. In terms of who, 
I actually believe that every single person in Wellington needs to be engaged in the kingdom of God. Needs to be, I believe everybody in Wellington needs Jesus. Uh, every, every single person in Wellington. I believe the people in Kelvin need Jesus, or the people in Strathmore need Jesus, and the people in Johnsonville need Jesus, the people in Porirua need Jesus. I believe the people with big jobs need Jesus, the people with small jobs need Jesus. I believe that we need Jesus. We need the work of the kingdom of God in our city. Would you know we need Jesus way more than we need different taxes and different policies and different colored parties. We need Jesus way more than we need free tertiary education. We need Jesus at work, right? That's what we need. We need Jesus at work. And do you know what we have? Jesus. Do you know what I mean? I'm believing that we see everybody, you know, everybody in this room. I'm, my goal for you is that you'd be fully engaged in the kingdom of God. And my goal for you as part of the brass section of God's orchestra is that you'd be fully engaged giving and serving and in fellowship. That you'd be fully engaged in mission. That you'd identify the mountain God's called you to conquer and you'd conquer it. Fully engaged. That's what I'm believing for. That's what I'm praying about. Why? When? I believe now, from today, that we'd be fully engaged. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Jack. Everyone, you should be grateful to Jack. Every single one of us, fully engaged now. Why? Because the kingdom of God demands it. There's an expectation in heaven for you to double what God gave you, for you to expand your faith, to believe for more. That's an expectation. I would be doing you a disservice if I didn't forcefully point out to you that God's expecting you to grow. God's expecting you to expand. God's expecting you to believe for more this year than you believed for last year. He's expecting you to believe for more this week than you believed for last week. I'm, 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 not, I'm not joking around. You're not going to get to heaven and go, Pastor John never told me you were expecting me to do something. Here's, the one, here's my one bag of gold. Do you know, you'll get nothing out of this parable if you think that you're the five talents person, if you're the five bags person. There's a lesson here if we can understand the fact that we actually have a tendency to dig in the dirt of our humanity and cover up the divinity of God. Because we're made in dirt originally, and then God breathed divine life. That's the Genesis 2 story. It's the same story again. That God, that we have this tendency to take this divine light of God and bury it in the brokenness of our humanity. Rather than understand that in the brokenness of our humanity, God gives us this gold, He gives us this treasure that we'd be able to express it into the world in the way God's called us to, to make a difference. Amen. My, um, you know, if we're, we're believing for more, we're believing for greater. So why don't, we, why don't we give more this year than we gave last year? Why not? Why, why wouldn't we give more this year than last year? Why, why don't we pray more this, this year than last year? Why don't we pray more today than we did yesterday? Or maybe not just more, but more, more, power, more passionately, with, a, with our eyes lifted for see, to see more. Why don't we believe for more today than we believed for yesterday? Why don't we serve with greater hearts than we, this, today than we served yesterday? Let's grow personally. Let's grow our small groups. Let's grow Sunday. Let's storm a mountain. What would it look like to see a shift in education in New Zealand? What would it look like to see a shift uh, in, in the arts and entertainment? What would it look like to see a shift somewhere and wherever God's called you, where you'd see the kingdom of God working in a powerful way? Let's at least believe for it because we're going to be here anyway. Let's change our mindset. Everyone say, let's change our mindset. Away from the misery and towards the miraculous. Maybe just close your eyes for a minute. I'd love to, I want to give people a chance to respond. Maybe stand to your feet. I don't know about you, but we took up the offering before the sermon. I, we did that deliberately because I wanted to be able to preach strongly without, without feeling like I was trying to manipulate around the money. But I, I, I'm desperate that you'd be convinced by the Holy Spirit this morning that there's more. There's a bigger way to think about your life. There's a bigger way to think about your, the calling that God's placed upon you. Even if you're here and you don't even know Jesus, there's a bigger way to think about your life. There's a, there's a reality of the kingdom of heaven 
that God wants to release into earth through you. Maybe you're here and you feel far away from God. The truth of who God is hasn't changed just because you feel far away. The truth is that God loves you and He's called you to be effective and purposeful in the world. Maybe you've been disappointed. Maybe you've been distracted. Maybe you've been ground down by life and actually you've, you can identify with the idea of living in a misery mindset rather than a miracle mindset. So just as everyone's standing, close your eyes, bow your heads. And if you know you need to respond to God, why don't you just lift your hands, open your heart. And I'm going to pray for you, but I'm believing that as you respond in faith by lifting your hands, the Holy Spirit's actually going to touch, touch you. The Holy Spirit's actually going to work in your world. Even just in your heart, just say, God, I don't, I don't want to live in that misery space. I want my, the mind, my mindset of faith to be expanded. I want, I, I, want to, I want to see growth in my world. I want to see growth in my heart. Holy Spirit, we just pray for you to move. We ask you to move. We release you. Lord God, move into our hearts right now, Lord God. Lord, when we, are, where we have been trapped, Lord God, where we hold back, Lord, I pray that, Lord, there'd be a, a brightening like a sunrise in our heart, Lord God, a shifting from, a, from our head down mentality to our eyes up, to see the horizon, to see your plan, Lord God, to see your purpose. Lord God, I pray, Jesus, that you'd work, and people are responding in faith, that you'd work in their world, Lord God. We thank you, God. Lord, we thank you, Jesus, right across this place. Thank you, Lord God. Lord, we know you're able to do more. Lord, we know that you desire to do more. Just in your mind, I just want to see, I just want you to see yourself perhaps just digging down into the dirt and just pulling out that faith again. Pulling out that belief again. And so I'm going to invest this I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work with this gold. I'm going to work with this treasure. I'm going to work with this thing that God's given me. I'm going to believe. I'm going to believe. I'm going to believe. I'm believing for greater things. I'm believing for more from God. I'm believing. Come on, just say, I'm believing God. I'm going to believe you, God. I'm going to believe you, God. I'm going to risk my own disappointment. I'm going to trust you, God. I know that you've called me. I know that you've chosen me. I know that you ordained me from my from the my mother's womb, Lord God. You called me out to make a difference in the world, to transform realities around me. Lord, we choose to believe in you. Lord, we know that it's the it's our job to believe that it's your job to do miracles. It's our job to trust, and it's your job to come through. Lord, we're believing, Lord God, that you do the supernatural in our lives personally, that you do the supernatural in our neighborhoods. Lord, that you do the supernatural, Lord God, in our schools, in the university campus. We're believing for the supernatural, Lord God, amongst our family and extended family. Lord God, we pray for miracles of healing. Lord, we pray for miracles of restoration. Lord, we pray for miracles of redemption, of relationships coming back together, of your glory, Lord God. We know it's you, Lord God, that we want to see. It's your work in our world that we long for, Lord God. Go on and sing together. We're ready for greater. He's that a Savior has done in this world. Go on and sing. We're ready for greater. We're ready for greater. He's that a Savior. It's done in this world. Ready, ready for greater things that a Savior is done in this world. So Uh, Jono mentioned that we're doing, we've got, we've got three uh, vision nights between now and the end of the year. And you know, I was just thinking, in our vision night, uh, what we're not going to do is I'm not going to say the same thing three times to the same 25 people. So I'm not doing that. And so what I'm saying is there's an invitation there's an invitation in the atmosphere of the Spirit. I'm, I'm feeling embarrassed saying this, right? So I'm just, but I'm just going to say it. 
There's an invitation in the atmosphere of the Spirit for people to sign up to be part of what God's doing in 2018. To commit. I asked Sarah, how many volunteers could she engage for between five and 10 hours a week next year, just within Young Adults Ministry, University Campus and Red Frog? She reckons about 100, there's space for 100 people. I thought about uh, uh, what we're doing with with Revolution Youth around the schools. There's, There's space for at least 30 people volunteering a day a week in that space. There's people who want us to start a, pri- a Bible in schools. There's a new name for it now. It's cooler. A kids program in primary schools. And, and they said, if you can find a team of four, every team of four you can find, I'll open up a school and you can go and do it. So if we had four people who said, I'll give, I've got a spare lunchtime, I can do it, right? There's this massive open door that God's actually set before us. And you know, across the next three vision nights, we're going to call them open nights. And I'm just saying, come on, if, if, if you can get there, who could you bring along? Is, do you have a non-Christian friend who just, you think, man, they could actually help? Have you got a, a Christian friend who's not in church? Could you bring them into that open night and say, come and hear about the vision. Come and hear about what God wants to do and where you can fit in the plan. And we're thinking about how can we actually take those open nights and just make it global? Because I think there's someone in the UK who needs to come to Wellington and help us. There's someone, there's, someone in, there's someone in Russia who needs to come and help us, right? Because I think there's an, actually an open opportunity in the heavens, right? And let's, those of us who are here on the ground, let's, take the, let's walk through the door ourselves. But have a think, who could you bring into that space? And once we figure out how maybe we could do, how we could, I've just like, that's all I know. How could we make this global, right? How could we, how could, do you know what I mean? There's someone like me in the back row of a church somewhere who's looking for a chance to do something crazy. There's someone like you with a desperate heart to see God move. You know, Wellington was just named the best city of the world to live in. Right? That's something we can say. Come on, come shift to Wellington. Let's believe for God to do something great. Amen? Because as long as we're alive, right, we're going to be working. We're either digging a hole or we're investing in faith. Right? It doesn't, the, the effort doesn't change. Right? There's going to be effort, but if we can engage faith and believe for God to do miraculous, we're going to believe, we're going to see God do great things. Amen? Are we convinced that God's real? Uh, do we believe Jesus has called us according to His purpose? Are we happy about the other people God's called us to walk with? Are we excited that we get to live in the greatest city in the world at the greatest time in human history? We're so excited. We can't, we can't, we can't, can't even, we're just dumbstruck. Awesome. When you lift your hands, I just want to pray for you. Holy Spirit, we just release your anointing. Lord, I thank you that this is the family of God, and it's a family that fights together. We're the army of God, but we're an army who love each other. We're an army of worshipers, and we pray, Lord God, that you'd anoint us, Lord God. Lord, that as we've given this morning, Lord, I thank you that that's an offering to you, and I pray that it would be acceptable and pleasing to you. And Lord, we pray you'd release from heaven, Lord God, your anointing, your power, the miracles that we need to see you move in our city. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Awesome.